Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. And welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, it's a Wednesday here, game week. And uh, sure a little is. breaking news. Uh, Nick Bosa has signed a contract with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now, how much that means he plays on Sunday, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But mm-hmm. he will at least be in uniform, I would think. Yeah, this happened 15 minutes ago. I mean, so this was breaking news. Uh, my phone blew up as soon as I got out of the car walking in here. So he has signed a five-year, 170 million extension, 122.5 guaranteed. So that's by far, by a wide margin the highest-paid defensive player in history. And I'm sure Chris Jones is doing cartwheels about it. Um, Donald used to have a contract well above anybody else. Well, and and uh, T.J. Watt's guaranteed money in his deal was $80 million. Okay. That was the most for and a defensive player. this is 122.5. Yeah, yeah you know that was I mean? the most so, for a defensive player. So It was at the time, huh? Okay. So what this means, who knows? I mean, he's going to play. There's no question about that. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I, I really think there are... Four edge rushers on the planet right now, TJ, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, and Miles Garrett that are truly elite. And I don't use that word, you know, roughly. Um, all their numbers with and without Bosa on the field are stark, stark contrast, much like TJ that you've seen around here. He'll come off the right side. He'll come off the left side. He's good versus the run. He's tenacious. He's, you know, a, a total package player. So will he play... 70% of the snaps, 50% of the snaps, 30% of the snaps. I have no idea, but he's going to play. Yeah, I would at least expect him to be on the field on on second and third and long. Yeah, those kind of situations. And the key is to stay out of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether whether he starts the game in first and ten, who knows? Uh, my hunch is he probably will. I mean, he's going to get a practice in maybe today. I don't know what when it actually happened. Uh, probably my... not. To, I wouldn't right. think today. I mean, you, you yeah. come in, you got to get this contract signed and all that kind of stuff. It's it is still right now one o'clock mm-hmm. on the West Coast, but typically you're in the middle of practice by now, right? Especially right. you know, I think this kind of gets a lot. So if you're a West Coast team, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would think since it's a one o'clock game, mm-hmm. the 49ers want to have their you know some practices earlier in the morning just that to get sense. their guys on that kind of time Smart. schedule. Yeah, that would make sense. Get your body clock ready to perform at one. Um, but he's going to practice tomorrow, I'm sure. Of course, he's going to travel with the team. And he's a great, great player. And I think he's the most important niner, including McCaffrey, Williams, Warner, any of the quarterbacks, obviously. He's a force. He'll come off the uh, – Tim Benz and I were talking about it because we're going to do a show tonight. And he was asking me, you know, what percentage is he right the end versus left the end? And it's about 50-50. And I'm not exactly sure – how they determine, you know, do they just find a weak link? Do they move him around based on strength? I, I don't know exactly why they move him the way they do, but he's equally effective on both sides. 
Yeah, um, and I, I think you know that keeps teams from centering in on mm-hmm. him. Um, you know, you see it with T.J. Watt when he comes off that 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 right side of the line. Um, there's always more attention there. No, oh, of course, of course. Um, you know, so the Steelers do move him around a little bit, stack mm-hmm. him, and do mm-hmm. things of that nature. But no, Bosa's a, a good player, and well, they've. I mean, they're five and ten when he hasn't played Without in him, his yeah. career, so. You know, there, there's that. Um, it's not going to be as hot on Sunday oh, I as it is today okay. either. Uh, you know, the, the last few days hot, here yeah. in Pittsburgh, it, it has been hot. Like 95 today, mm-hmm. uh, supposed to be down into the 70s on on okay. the Sunday. So I don't that know who that favors, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I expect them to be in perfectly good shape, both of them talking about. But I just don't know, can you string... Eight ten plays together. You know, I mean, I think that's the more difficult thing. Just well, haven't done yeah. it in a long he, time. I mean, he was a seventy four percent player last year, seventy four percent of the snaps. So even um, when he's a hundred percent, yeah, that's that's when he's a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I would expect something like fifty to sixty percent of the snaps in this game. I would assume. I would assume. And if they need him down, this, if it's a super close game, he'll probably be in there more. If it's not, who knows? You know, I mean, but it's great news for the Niners. I'm frankly not that shocked. I, I no. mean, yesterday we were talking and it didn't it didn't ring a bell with me as much until you mentioned it. But when when the Steelers were in the exact same shoes with Watt, he signed Friday before a Sunday game. Like guys do this now, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't think Jones is going to sign between now and Thursday night. But you know, it, it, these guys can get in there and get acclimated pretty quick. The elite dudes. Yeah, I mean they're just different animals, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know I, I kind of expected this at some point to happen because yeah. you know every, all the talks were that they were close. Again, it's just a matter of how many snaps he's capable of playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the Steelers have been planning for this all along. It's not like this is going to yeah. be a surprise for them. I mean they you know they practiced today and they had a guy out there wearing the Nick Bosa jersey. Oh, okay, okay. So it's you know it's not like yeah. it's. Oh, hey, now we got to get ready for Nick Bosa. No, they, they planned on this happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hope everyone listening is not like, oh, shucks, I thought we were going to get away with one. I mean, that was slim chances. You know, he's not going to give up play, you know, checks if he can't, and he wants to help the team. And and like you said, the Steelers have been preparing all along as if Nick Bosa, the defensive player of the year, is going to be there, and we'll see how much. But I would think in a big manner, I mean, it doesn't matter what tackle he lines up over you're going to help that guy. I mean, you yeah. just, I mean, repeatedly, whether it's a chip block with a running back, if you're going to put Washington on that side a high high percentage of the time, who knows, Fryermuth helping, just rolling protection that way. But he has to be accounted for. And this is a situation where um, the fact that the Steelers running backs, both of them, yeah, uh, the top two guys, are excellent in, pa- in blitz pickup and, and helping out in those kind of th- things. Yeah, I mean, it really helps in a, lot, in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of stuff that you can do to slow down these great pass rushers, especially when it's just one guy. Mm-hmm. Now, they get Javon Hargrave as well. but Yeah. Uh, you know, so th- really it's kind of two guys. But they didn't have anybody on the roster last year. Both had 18 and a half sacks. Their next closest guy had five. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge discrepancy. Like, them and the Browns were that way too. I mean, Garrett had like 16 and a half, the next one had like three. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like wow, and both those teams are trying to rectify that. You go spend huge money on Hargrave. Browns made a lot of D line moves as well, and you don't want to be that unbalanced with your production. Yeah. I mean, it's great to have the Watt, the Bosa, the Garrett, etc., but you really need somebody along with them. And I think the Niners do now. I mean, Steeler fans might not remember Hargrave as a pass rusher, 
But he's a force coming up the middle. I mean, yeah. He's a oh, I'm sure guy. they do because he had two yeah. sacks against the Steelers last year for the Eagles. That's and, true. Yeah, That's true. He was quite effective in that. That's one of the narratives that kind of bothers me. People are like, you know, Steelers should have kept Hargrave. They couldn't afford to keep Hargrave. Couldn't afford to keep Hargrave. They get thirteen million dollars a year from the from the Eagles. Like, yeah. At that point, you were paying Cam Hayward big money, which was well deserved, and you were paying Stephon Tuitt big, big money, big money too. which was well deserved. Like, you couldn't have three guys on your defensive line accounting for fifty million dollars plus on your salary mm-hmm. cap. It just couldn't. You couldn't do it. I will say, when that happened, I. I knew it was going to happen. I mean, I, like it was. It wasn't even a conversation when Hargrave was hitting the market that he could re- retain with the Steelers, and he even signed for a little more than I expected because he was coveted and he's an up and coming player. But I do think that was one of the ones that I looked at, like, ouch, you know, like. Oh, you would have loved yeah, to have kept yeah. him. I mean, there's like, no, there's no ifs or buts about it. That's what happens in free agency. Sometimes you can't necessarily keep all the guys that you want. No, of course. Um, you know, the Steelers wanted Cam Sutton back. I say Sutton I was about to bring up, too, yeah. But the player has to want to come back as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all part of it. I mean, there, there, are, things go- human beings, yeah, right? there are things going on in their lives that, mm-hmm. you know, predicate or, you know, a different city Trump, or whatever. you know, whatever it is you're offering. You mm-hmm. could offer the same money or even more, and it has nothing to do with about the organization. But they got things going on in their lives that they want. Mm-hmm. And they have to take care of family, that, hometowns, yeah, whatever, all that. That kind of stuff, stuff comes into play, and so I'm not saying that, that happened with Javon Hargrave, but the Steelers just couldn't afford at that time to pay Javon Hargrave the, the kind of money no. that he got. And maybe you know what you said was 100 percent right about Tuit and Hayward both being big money guys at the time, and you know how much how much do you want to spend in one room? But the way that the the team is structured now they could be a lot more competitive to keep a guy like that in the future, you know, and that's not a knock on Ben. That's the beauty of having Ben, <laughs> you know, is, is having a huge quarterback contract. It, it just handcuffs you in a lot of ways. And these teams like the Bengals and Bills and uh, Ravens are going to soon find that out. You know, they're just paying their quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, the salary cap is the salary cap. And, you know, when you're paying your quarterback, which mm-hmm. the Eagles weren't really doing at that point, they no. still have Wentz on his rookie deal and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just how it goes. I mean, you, you can't keep everybody. No, um, no, you can't keep everybody. So it, it becomes a a bit of a catch. You know, you, you'd love to sign a Javon Hargrave back. Oh, sure. But he was older than I think than a lot of people realized. Yeah, he came out of school older than people. Like he was, realized. he's like he was two. He's two years older than Stephon Tuitt. The idea, wow. the, the the issue was for the Steelers was that they thought Tuitt would still be playing. Mm-hmm. That's oh, of the, course, right? You know, I, I mean. We all know why Tuit hung it up, but in a way, that's sort of like the Shazier situation or an Andrew Luck situation where you, you anyone could fall off a cliff in terms of their production or as a player or injuries or whatever. But when something unforeseen comes, it's really hard on a front office to rebound immediately. Especially when that guy's making money. Yeah, and, and I mean, making big money, and you're, you're looking at him as a cornerstone guy. Yeah, it makes it difficult, but... Um... Yeah, so the Steelers will uh, face the 49ers defense. At, well, it should be at full strength. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, though, we still don't know. Still, we won't have any real news on George Kittle until tomorrow. That's the thing. We're, we're going to be, a, for when our show airs, we're going to be a, like a day behind on injury yeah. news just because of the West Coast situation. Who knows? I, I don't know what his situation is. I've gotten no vibe or read anything you know, one way or another strongly, but... He's going to be really important for them, too. You know, like, yeah. we were breaking down that game today on my podcast, and 
uh, my co-host, a Niners guy, thinks they'll ask Kittle to block in protection a they're lot more have than they to. have to. Right. They're going to have right. to because— I mean, he was dreading that. He's if, like, if I there's, hate to do that, but they're going to have to. If you look at the matchups in this game, the one that really, really favors the Steelers mm-hmm. in a big way is their defensive front against— the other four. San Francisco's <laughs> offensive line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're from left guard really, to, to me, right the, the key matchup is, is Cam Hayward against Banks, the uh, left guard. It's, yeah. Banks is a weird fit for them. Like, he's a big, heavy, mauling type. And I thought the pick was strange when they made it second rounder out of Notre Dame two years ago, I think. And he hasn't really fit in that great either. I mean, he's not a tremendous player at all. Yeah, I, I think he'll be highly susceptible to uh, Cam Hayward's bull rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, just watching some tape of him... Um, doesn't handle stunts real well either. No, like the Steelers do a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, and so I would I would be looping uh, guys mm-hmm. around that. I, I, His recognition is great. If, if right. Williams is standing out there blocking nobody, that's a win. Oh, without a doubt. You know, without a doubt. Or but, he's draw. He has to jump in and help on Hayward, and, and mm-hmm. Highsmith is looping around the inside. Um, I I want Brock Purdy holding the football. I know as yeah, long as question. possible. Without question. So. McCaffrey's fine in protection. He's super smart. He's a good technician, but he's not huge. And you want him out in routes, too. But if you can get either Kittle or McCaffrey in protection, and Juszczyk will do a lot of it. You know, that's a win. And I'm not sure any way around it with Watt versus their right tackle, you know, especially with the Hayward. Well, they're going to have to help there. Yeah, have to. And I would assume Kittle will line up on the right side over and over and over. Or... They'll come out with uh, one of the backup blocking tight ends and do it. And, and they've done a little bit of that with 12 personnel. But, again, if you're doing that, then you're taking somebody else mm-hmm. off the field, mm-hmm. which, again, is a win. Isn't what they want to do. No, no. it isn't, without question. I, I'm 100% certain their idea in this game. They don't. Everything with Purdy, I think, is going to be short in this game. That's what he does anyways. Mm-hmm. He doesn't throw the ball down the field real well. Um, but, I, I, you know, if you look at – and this, this is uh, from Mike's uh, – or Warren Sharp's uh, package here. Mm-hmm. Um, Purdy completed just forty-seven point seven percent of his passes when under pressure last year. It's a real problem. That was twenty-fourth in the league mm-hmm. uh, compared to twenty seventy-three point eight percent when they when he was kept clean, which was the fourth best. Yep. Uh, so, but the, the, I hate to say it about him, but he's a very fair weather weather quarterback, and he doesn't throw the ball beyond ten yards well. No, they they generate a ton of yards per pass. But it's not because he's driving it outside the numbers and yeah. things like that. I mean, it's, it's because they get run after the catch. So if you yep. tackle the catch well in this game, mm-hmm. so again, I'm putting everybody up at the line of scrimmage, and I'm just saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna tackle the catch, yep. and you're gonna have to matriculate the ball down the field, and we're gonna get something on your offensive line at some point. So I, I mentioned we had this long conversation today on today's podcast. You know, Steelers Niners. It was our both our wheelhouse, and. I mentioned what we talked about yesterday, you know, Minka with the robber stuff. And he goes, and he snaps his fingers. He's like, oh, you beat me to it. I was going to say that's the thing I'm most afraid of. And I'm like, okay, expand upon that. And he's like, everyone blamed Jimmy for these linebacker, middle of the field interceptions. And he's like, it's not a Jimmy problem. It's a Shanahan problem because they turn their back to the defense and somebody that wasn't there shows up in the middle of the field and they go where their football's supposed to go, and it didn't matter what quarterback under Shanahan, they'll throw those middle-of-the-field picks to robbers and things like that with, you know, designer coverages. Yeah. And he's like, Minka's the best in the league at it. He's right. like, He's like, I just envisioned Minka taking one to the house, and, you know, that's, that's like his biggest fear. Well, the 49ers know that, and the Steelers know the 49ers. Mm-hmm. It's one of these, we know that you know that I know. Of course. I, 
I would almost expect maybe some, you know, maybe if you use Minka, you got KZ there as well, mm-hmm. who can do those kind of things and is good at taking the football away. True. Um, with those three safeties, uh, and, and I think they're all they're going to play them all. Uh, you know, would this be a, would it be crazy to see that that three safety package in this game to help stop some of the run after yeah. the catch? And if you're gonna if they're gonna go short all the time, you're gonna you're not okay. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna come up and smack your guys in the face with with uh, these safeties, and we're gonna let Minka match up on Kittle and say, all right, yeah, we take your best you know take your best uh, guy out because Purdy really leans on Kittle. He does and. We talked about that a little yesterday. That sure, Minka can do the robber stuff, but near the line of scrimmage as a man coverage player, maybe even on McCaffrey, but Kittle makes even more sense. He's phenomenal at that, you know. And Neil and KZ could both play too high if needed. KZ could play single high if needed. Um, The Steelers didn't play, they played a low percentage of nickel by NFL standards. You know, they played a lot of dime, they played a lot of base. And I wonder if the big nickel in this with the three safeties could come into play even more, or does Peterson even do some safety stuff? Or, you know, I mean, they, they do have a lot more options. That's the thing, and that's that's the big thing that, that I took out of everything that I've watched this offseason. Mm-hmm. This defense and the offense as well are built to do whatever they need to do in a given week. Yeah, uh, it's great to do what you do and be the best at it. That's great. But it's better to be able to do a lot of things extremely well week to week because then you have fewer weaknesses and you know. And, uh, I mean, you you know you got it. It's move it's the situation. You know, if you look back at the 2017 season, everybody's well. You know, yeah, the Steelers built themselves that off season going into 2017 to beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. The problem was is they ended up playing the Jaguars in the playoffs, and it was a right. bad matchup. And it was a total opposite style of football. Right, right. and gotta, they weren't they weren't built to necessarily stop that team. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they had Ryan Shazier, it would have been a little different, no, but they didn't. Yeah. yeah. So you know you 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 built yourself to stop kind of a finesse type offense, and on all, and then this this uh, power offense comes rolling in and they beat you. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of Brady and the Patriots, I was thinking of this too. Rex Ryan used to when when Ryan would play against Brady. He would put six and seven defensive backs on the field, and they were like all between the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like we're going to go Clog so far over yeah. overboard of trying to get you to throw deep outside the numbers instead of death by a thousand paper cuts that he's so good at. And if you choose to run on us and get five yards a clip, so be it. But Brady didn't throw for three fifty over the middle. Yeah, so, you know, and it kept you in the game. And it kept you in the game. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, had a chance to win some of those, and they player, did win right? some yeah. of those. Yeah. yeah, and he's one of the you know, best quarterbacks ever, obviously. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. This is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And um, the Steelers are uh, getting ready, of course, to uh, have their home opener. Uh, <laughs> it never happens, uh, th- their home opener, uh, in week one against the San Francisco 49ers at AccraSure Stadium. And uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. Actually, the Steelers getting two games to open the season uh, at home, which almost never happens. That's, never that's happens, extremely right. rare. Uh, Matt, I'm, I'm looking here at... The 33rd team, and they have their quarterback rankings. No, do that. Okay, I missed that this morning. Um, And and this is uh, by Derek uh, 
Colossian in oh, NFL. Oh, this is Derek Colossian? Yeah. He does really, really good work. I, I've referenced him a few times. Reception Perception just hired him to do their QB write-ups, and he puts out a couple in a week, and they're really in-depth. I mean, he's a good, he's a good analyst. So he has, uh, starting off, uh, Josh Dobbs at 32. Yeah. It has to be. Has to be, has right. To be. Has to be. As much as I love Josh Dobbs, he is a great kid. I think that's why he's there, because yeah. he's a great kid. You're right. And he's Man. smart, you know, and right, he does, right. you know, he does everything, you know. It, he's a culture changer for them. The thing about this is Arizona is going to be running basically the same offense they ran in Cleveland. Right, and that's where Dobbs came from. And so, yeah, yeah he, Dobbs has only been there a couple of weeks, but he'll be able to at least, he at least knows that offense. Mm-hmm. It, the, the question is, are the, are the skill position players good enough Oh, and, and is they he allow them enough? to compete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's frankly probably what he's there for is to be the next quarterback's mentor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's perfect um, for that. At thirty-one, they have Sam Howell. Interestingly enough, those two teams play on Sunday. They do. Washington's a big favorite in Washington, but there's, I, I guess, Howell has to be thirty-one. I mean, we only he's saw got one, one career game. start, yeah, yeah. one game. Yeah, I mean, the preseason was fine. I think he might be okay, but he has one game. At thirty, is Baker Mayfield? That's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. At 29 is Anthony Richardson. Should Mayfield at this point be behind the rookies? I don't know. I was about to say that with Howell. Like, where do you put Richardson, Young, and Stroud if you're going to put Howell? Although Howell I mean, Howell was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's just based on talent. And he's also watched these guys in the preseason. But Mayfield is what he is. You know, like, I don't know that he's going to have this Geno Smith late resurgence or anything. I think yeah. he is what he is. And that's basically a backup to me. Yeah, so 29 is Richardson. 28 is Deshaun Watson. Mm. How about that? How about that? How I mean, about that? That's it. That's what I said. I mean, Clawson, that's where he belonged. That's uh, yeah. what he looked like last that's year. That's what he put on tape. Yeah. That's exactly what he put on tape. And that's exactly what Clawson does is he writes, you know, this is the percentage of hits routes he made. These are, you know, all his strengths and weaknesses really breaks it down tape viewer and his tape was terrible here's what he said it's been three years since deshaun watson played good football in his return to action last season watson looked like a shell of his former self the confidence and dynamic playmaking ability that once made him a star were all gone Mm. also watson's erratic ball placement was among the worst in the league it would be hard for watson to be as bad or worse than he was in 2022 but i'm not betting on him being much better until he proves it Ball placement's a big thing. Huge, huge. I mean, he was never the pinpoint accuracy No, that guy was never his thing either, when he right. came in. Yeah. I, I, I give him credit for putting having the stones to put Deshaun Watson behind Bryce Young. Bryce Young's yeah, at okay, 27. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then say Stroud. Or, and then C.J. Stroud's at 26. Like, if, if that's the way the season works out, and, oh, and Stroud— They'll all get fired, and it's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. The Houston Texans maybe made the best trade of all time. By trading the Browns pick instead of theirs. Yeah, I mean, that? yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know where I'd put Stroud and Young, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I would put them right next to each other like he did. At 25 is Brock Purdy. Read that one. Because I read his, when I when I mentioned the reception perception stuff, it's a good two sheets of, and he was really hard on Purdy. Yeah. I mean, that one, not all of them have come out yet, but. He says, so long as Kyle Shanahan is calling plays and the 49ers quartet of all pro caliber skill players are healthy, it would be impossible for Brock Purdy not to put up numbers in this offense. <laughs> it's hard for me to get there with Purdy as an individual, though. Yeah, no, he really it's is the same on. way I feel about it. Yep. Purdy's dash of playmaking outside the pocket is a welcome addition compared to Garoppolo's static play st- playing style. Still, Purdy isn't more or less dynamic of a pocket passer than previous 49ers quarterbacks. 
Purdy still has a long way to go as pre-snap commander and passer outside the numbers. For now, Purdy feels like a passenger in a loaded offense. This is exactly what we've been saying. Force him to throw the ball outside the numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not a stiff. I mean, he will make plays. He'll improv. But that doesn't always go well either. And he got away with a lot of those. He really is. I thought that was a great write-up. I mean, I think he's a passenger on a really great train. At 24 is Desmond Ritter. I am far from out of the woods on him, too. If you th- here, if you listen to the national analysts, though, there is nobody that would say, oh, the, the, the Falcons should trade, or the, or the 49ers, I should say, should trade Brock Purdy for Desmond Ritter. Oh, right, right. I, I see what you're saying. Right. I think I'd rather Ritter. The, and I still the hype train on Brock him. Purdy to me is, I, I'm not going to say it's unfounded. Again, he did good things last he year. He did, he did. But if you break but down the people the saying team, he was better than Kenny Pickett are out of their minds. Right. No, I, I don't think it's even close. <laughs> if Pickett had played in that 49ers offense last year, and not even just that offense, but with those weapons mm-hmm. last year, again, no, give him Christian McCaffrey and, 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 you know. Yeah. It's, it's great. And, it, and the league's number one defense. And yeah, and it gets the easiest schedule in the league. Right. Yeah. I mean, it has a ton to do with it. There's no doubt about it. Just a very quarterback-friendly system that not everyone can pull off because you also have the great players with the great system. I'm not killing Purdy. He did do really good things. They seem to think he's the answer. I've said several times in a lot of outlets, I think Sam Darnold will be the quarterback there at some point this year. Not be- And maybe that's injury because those guys get hurt a lot in this situation or in this system as well, but um, I, I think Purdy is a very average player. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe he'll prove us wrong, but well, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, at 23, after uh, Desmond Ritter at 24, 23 is Jimmy Garoppolo. He benefited a lot from that system as well. I mean, yeah. He did okay with New England here and there, and he's probably a better passer in terms of accuracy and touch and things like that than Purdy, but he's not a playmaker. At 22, Justin Fields. Good. Clawson's a an old-school do-the-quarterback stuff, yeah. you, you know, and Fields doesn't yet. He Fields misses a lot of layups yeah. still, which is that's the part that's a little It's troubling because I think he's a yeah. better passer than that. Uh, it sure looks like it, but the fact that he misses some of the easy ones is a little disheartening. At 21 is Kenny Pickett. I I wrote his I, I read his write up on him. He was quite favorable about him, and that was just off last year's tape. I heard some interview with him since saying all the in, in Pickett's write up. There's some concerns, but Derek I heard since then say, "Boy, the things I was worried about look a lot better in the preseason too." Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's a big thing, and Pickett talked thing. about that today. He's like, you know, a lot of the. Stuff we worked on in the offseason, worked in the pre, like we did it in the preseason. So that was the, the one good thing that you take out of the preseason, throwing to the middle of the field, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Sure. Those those happened in the preseason. That was the knock on him right. coming they out knew of last what, year. Where, where he needed work. Yeah. And they addressed it. it. What do you write up about Kenny? As a rookie, Kenny Pickett proved that he belongs in this league. The question now is what his That's ceiling is. That's so much is. just right there. Yeah. That first sentence is what... They want Bryce Young to have his first sentence yeah. to be next year, even the first pick in the draft. Yeah, just look like you belong. In his first season, Pickett did his best work either in the quick game or way late in the down as a mm-hmm. scrambler. That's very true. 
Pickett's next step is filling in everything in between. Last season, Pickett's eyes and footwork were all over the place as soon as he moved off of first read, severely hindering his ability to throw to the intermediate area. Pickett can jump up this list if he becomes more of a consistent and complete dropback passer. Which is what they've been working on. That's what he looks better at so far, right? Yeah. At 20 is Jordan Love. Okay. I think I've said it here that of the young quarterbacks, Love and Pickett are the two I'm most confident are going to make it. And you weren't a Love guy. No, I really was not. He made a lot of the same mistakes over and over in college. I think hanging out with Aaron Rodgers for all that time is good for you, you know? Yeah. 19 is Derek Carr. Wow, it's pretty low on him. It's pretty low on him. I read that right up, and he was really rough on Carr for not standing in and taking hits or, you know, doing everything he possibly could and is a playmaker. Yeah. 18 is Daniel Jones. Okay. I kind of think that's as good as it's going to get with him, though. 17 is Tua. It's not – it's a much better version of Purdy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He does the same things, too. But if you can make him hold the ball a little bit, drive out out deep outs, things like that, that's not really his bag either. 16 is Jared Goff. Okay. He had a good year. 15 is Mac Jones. Kind of surprised he's that high on Mac Jones. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think he's put that write-up out yet. It's here. Yeah, I'm curious what they <laughs> yeah. say about it. I mean, the, the, the in-depth one. Uh, the 2022 season was kind of a throwaway year for Mac Jones and the Patriots offense. Sure. No second-year quarterback would play well with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling the offense, not even mentioning how ill-prepared Patricia's offensive line was each week. <laughs> Bill O'Brien should get things back to normal, as we saw on better display in Jones' rookie season. He is still a pre-snap genius, and his touch as a passer is Philip River-esque. Jones isn't physically gifted enough to rise to stardom, but he's better, more he's a better, more stable quarterback than last season's stats suggest. Now, I would agree with uh, that's that. That's well written. He yeah. can't be worse than he was last year. If you throw last year out, in what, what number is he? Like 14, he's 15. 15. If he was 15 for you after his rookie year. Maybe he should still be 15 for you. The you problem I mean? that Mac Jones has, they don't have any offensive weapons. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's not his fault either. I think the problem Mac Jones has is he's statuesque. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's, he's not, not he, well, the weapons are, aren't great, and mm-hmm. he's not an elevator. He's not an elevator. No. He's right. not going to, he's not going to lift a, a bad group of, mm-hmm. you know, eligibles up. That's just not going to happen. Maybe Kenny improv the more times when he shouldn't have last year, but he can. Yeah. You know what I mean? 14 is Russell Wilson. Probably the same argument. Yeah. That dysfunction drags down a quality player. But he hasn't been good in a few years. No, I didn't think he was great at the end of his Seattle yeah. career either. 13 is Kirk Cousins. He's always 12 or 13. <laughs> yeah. 12 is Ryan Tannehill. Huh. And I say it's funny because his write-up came out today. I haven't read it yet. I will tonight. I'm curious what he says about him because a lot of the quarterback people – Chris Sims, you know, the old school quarterback dudes think he's a throwback quarterback's quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he'll sit there, he'll take hits, he's tough, he knows to go with football and never gets credit for it. That stuff, I mean, he, he Ryan Tannehill is older than people think. Mm-hmm. He's 35 now. When when guys he's get in the Andrew Luck class. Yeah, when guys get tired of getting hit like that, quarterbacks, mm-hmm. it falls off quickly. Like It could. Yeah. And especially behind a really bad offensive line. It could be a brutal year for him. I yeah. mean, they drafted a guy in day two the last two years. 11 is Geno Smith. Had a heck of a year. I, I did read his write-up and really stressed his immense accuracy last year. Yeah. I mean, the, any metric you look at, he was the most accurate quarterback in the league at all levels. 10 is Jalen Hurts. 
I think that's where he belongs. Like, yeah. people kill me for saying I like Dak more than Hurts or I like Lamar more than Hurts or uh, I'm trying to think who else. But he's got a pretty easy life, too. Yeah. I mean, he's come a long way. But the best line in the league, three elite receivers, and he's gotten so much better than I thought. But I can't put him in, like, the Mahomes burrow no, neighborhood. He doesn't belong you know, in the no. Nine is Matthew Stafford. That's, That's probably another one. It's of, kind of a projection at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a lifetime achievement award. Yeah, him and Russell Wilson and Mac Jones. You kind of have to throw last year out, which might be the the beginning of the end, though. You yeah. know, uh, eight is Dak Prescott. Okay, seven Aaron Rodgers. He had a bad year. Yeah, he had a bad year. He could go back to two. But... He's one that again hit that that point in his career where I don't want to get hit anymore. He don't want to get hit anymore. Right. Uh, six Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and climbing. Five, Joe Burrow. Okay. I don't think Burrow's quite the playmaker that a couple of the others are above him. Four is Justin Herbert. Yeah. He could win the MVP this year. Three is Lamar Jackson. Wow. Two, Josh Allen. One is Patrick Mahomes. So if we're we're looking at this and we think that Kenny Pickett can take a jump from 21. I think he can get past the Mac Jones neighborhood. Yeah. Um. You know, you're looking at Jordan Love ahead of him. You're looking at mm-hmm. Derek Carr ahead of him. You're looking at Daniel Jones ahead of him. Getting ahead of those guys. I mean, Love's a little different because Love could yeah. climb with him. Um, those other guys you mentioned I don't think are major speed bumps to get over. Uh, two is going to have a bunch of numbers if he stays healthy because he's yeah. got great, great wide receivers. So he might not get the – like people nationally might not look, well, Kenny Pickett's better than Tua because Tua had – 4,000 passing yards and 35 touchdowns mm-hmm. throwing to guys that one, I would have 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns throwing to. The one thing that Tua is so perfect for that system, though, is his timing and rhythm. Oh, it's good. Is, I'm not saying he stinks. I know, but that that his best thing is the thing they want most right. out of him. You know what I yeah, mean? It's like, a good fit for him. It really is, yeah. Um, Jared Goff. I mean, yeah, I think he's plateaued. Yeah. Can he be better than Mac Jones? Well, we had that discussion just a couple of minutes ago. He's a much better – I think he's a more athletic version of Mac much Jones. Much more athletic. Yeah. I mean, like night and day. Um, Russell Wilson. Jones better right now of playing in structure. Yeah. If the structure doesn't crumble around you like a tornado hit it. I, I think he can be better than a fading Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is 35. Right. You know, these guys are... If he could play at the Cousins level this year... Oh, that would be great. That'd be great. You'd That's take a that nice heartbeat. big step forward. Yeah. Cousins is a good football player. I mean, Ryan Tannehill at 12. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith at 11. I think he can get into that I neighborhood. Tannehill and Geno will be there a year from right. now. You know, maybe. but And somebody that we're not talking about will be. Jordan Love will be. Yeah. Or Bryce Young or somebody will be, you know, 10 after a crazy year we didn't see coming. But to me, I mean, Deshaun Watson at 28. Ugh. 28? Yeah, that's like taking it personally a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, I mean, that's fine. If you I listen mean, to people talk, it's a given that Deshaun Watson, oh, the, the Steelers have the fourth best quarterback in the division. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's a given. Not that I'm fighting him because there's more to Watson's character than these other dudes. Yeah. But the fact that he gave Mac Jones, Wilson, Stafford all a pass for their performance last year and not him. I found a little oh, Again, we haven't seen Deshaun Watson but it's play been a well in four years. I mean, Stafford won the Super Bowl two years yeah. ago. <laughs> four know? years is, yeah. is a, it, that's, I mean, that's an eternity in the NFL. Uh, Mac Jones had a good rookie year two years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's still a puppy, you know, so I get it. And I mean, Denver I, just gave up a yeah. fortune. Well, I guess so did the Browns for Wilson. 
I, I just think that, I mean, again, the, the, the fact that people talk about the Steelers quarterback situation, like it is clearly the number four quarterback situation mm. in the AFC North. Uh-uh. No, I think there's a lot of. Like, I'll, I'll, we'll see. Burrow's great. Lamar's great. I'm yes. not going to give you Deshaun Watson. Not after what we've seen in the last 800 days. No. Right, right. Yeah, That's a long to, time. Yeah. And his great, his last year, I think it was 2020, he was really, really good. I mean, he was one of the better players in the league. But That's the, a long the team gap. was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. They won four games that year. Mm-hmm. Oh, he led the league in passing. Well, yeah, because they were behind constantly. All the time. Yeah. And that's not what you want Deshaun. You don't want Deshaun Watson necessarily leading the league in passing. Agreed. Agreed. Because Burrow, he, you do. Yeah. You know, Burrow, you, you do. Yeah. 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 A different, Lamar, you don't. It's a di- No, yeah, right, right. Same right, thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, if, you, if that's what happens, that means you had a bad season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like asking these guys to do, like Lamar's such a good player. I mean, even Allen. Do I want him leading the league in passing? No, I want Brady leading the league in passing. Yeah, like one know, of these like guys Burrow, that are going right. to. That means you had to throw the ball fifty times a game, and that's mm-hmm. not what these. That's not what you want these guys doing. Yeah, I want to hand it off in the last eight minutes of the game. Yeah. Grind to Bettis and you've got it Nick out, Chubb. You know? Like mm-hmm. you know, if you're winning the game, you should be handing the ball to Nick Chubb. Yeah. If the Steelers are winning on Sunday against against the 49ers, I want Kenny Pickett handing the ball to the to the running backs and, mm-hmm. and you know nausea bludgeoning Warner over and over and over yeah. until it gets old. Yeah, they they're going backwards. Yeah. So anyways, that's a good list, though. I like that. I'm yeah, that was uh, well thought out. Uh, that was uh, by Derek Clausen on the 33rd team. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. This is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Mm-hmm. We got shows gearing up here for games man. all day. We're gearing up for the Steelers to play on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers in their opener. And I'm at uh, Ben Solak from the uh, Ringer. Mm, I'm a, a big fan of his work too. He's a real tape nerd as well. Yeah, they have. He has a piece here on the X factors for all 32 NFL teams. Okay. And for the Steelers, he has that X factor being Patrick Peterson. I don't know if I necessarily agree hmm. with that. Again, I saw this article. I haven't clicked on it yet. I think Solak does really, really good work. And my hunch is just hearing this for the first time. Is he an old man, or is he a big-time contributor? I mean, I guess that could be an X factor, you know? Well, here's what he says. The Steelers are your favorite football analyst, favorite sleeper team. Mm-hmm. That being him, I would mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a bit skeptical. I like the pass rush. I like the receiving options, and I like what I saw from Kenny Pickett in year one, especially late. But I'm very worried about the secondary, which swapped out Cam Sutton and Terrell Edmonds for Patrick Peterson and DeMonte KZ. Well, that's not, no, a, KZ that's not exactly one for one. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they also brought in Keanu Neal. So and it's not Porter. Like, and, and Porter and, and other guys. King. Yeah. And, right. yeah. Uh, Peterson is 33 years old and struggled when left in space last year, last season. Between him, Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace, and Chandon Sullivan, the Steelers really don't have a quarterback, cornerback who I trust in man coverage. But Peterson was once that guy. And if he can stave off his aging cliff for one more season, the Steelers should have enough defensive pieces to find a top 10 unit. Here's the thing. I don't have a real problem with that. Everything that the – this is just me spitballing mm-hmm. here. I'm asking you this question. So you bring in Patrick Peterson. You bring in uh, some of these other guys in that secondary. 
that might quarter. The, might the Steelers play less man this year than they have in previous seasons? See, I was wondering that too because the whole offseason screamed to me big, strong, press man corners, and the league is going the opposite way. And I kind of thought, man, that's a little risky. You know, I mean, that's not what the league is doing. That's a typical Belichick zig when they zag type of move. But then I thought more and more about Peterson. He's not that guy anymore. Yeah, that's you know? not who he is. It's not really who this he is. This is not 2019 Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson. And this even goes for the seventh-round pick, Trice. I mean, I thought, wow, they didn't, they, they want all these big press man corners. And Wallace isn't really a press man corner either. I, I think they want length and physicality. I don't know that they want man-to-man all the time. You know, Tom Brady's retired. Sure. And Tom Brady was the was – the, I mean, the, the whole reason the Steelers went away from their zone – aspects of their defense mm-hmm. was because of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, yeah. well, we can't we can't play man, you know, we can't play zone defense against Brady, he'll pick it apart. Okay. Right. Right. I mean, so will Burrow. So I mean, But you're so not you're not going to play man and... defense against the Bengals though either. The thing is You're not going to say tell I somebody I, had it in front of me. I think back to Patrick Peterson's initial press conference with the Steelers and he when he said, "If you expect me to go out there and run man man to man defense against you know, against Jamar Chase mm-hmm. for 50 snaps. That's not who I am anymore. Right, right. I do think that's Porter's best way of using, though. Well, that's fine. Yeah. So you you can do that in spots, but they were one of the higher man coverage teams in the league last, last year. year. Last year, I think they were six or seven, something yeah. like that. I don't but know it's going to be that high this year. I don't even think people realize this, though. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm close. The league plays man now like... 33% of snaps yeah, it's as not a league. That, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So if you're at 42, you're pretty high. It might look like man It might look like man defense on your television. Mm-hmm. But if it's a lot of times it's a matchup zone mm-hmm. or you just got guys dropping. Like I, I think they want to play more zone coverage on the back end. They very well could. I mean, Peterson's definitely geared that way. And the thing about zone, size still matters and yeah. length. You know, I mean, like I always think of it from a linebacker's per- perspective – Fred Warner's a perfect example. He's so long with these condor arms or Tremaine Edmonds. It's hard to throw around those guys. Yeah. And Porter's a perfect example, too. We saw many instances of that at camp and as well as in the preseason, certainly at Penn State. It's hard to drop it in that what Gruden calls the turkey hole in cover two when your corner has condor arms. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I also think when you know when you look at all the guys that they added this se- this offseason, all the veteran guys, mm-hmm. I think it's easier for the veteran guys to understand the zone concepts because they've all done it. They've all done it. You know, and and so I think that's, you know, again, you lose a Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds, one of the things that he did well was man up on the opposing team's tight ends. Tight ends. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you know, maybe we do you do a little bit more zone mm-hmm. stuff. You get your pass rush back. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not you're not running the old, you know, zone blitz stuff anymore, but you I mean, you can still get there with four. Mhm. But play, uh, you know, zone behind it and be fine. The Steelers don't do a ton of it, but the the Fangio way, and I'm putting that in quotes, is a lot of cover four, which is four deep, give or take. But they're not like in the front row. I mean, like with Minka, and basically that's a zone that turns into man. You yeah, know, we have man rules. Rules is the right. way they describe it. Is in my quarter, if Jamar Chase comes through, I stick with him. I don't hand him over. You know, so. Some of these lines also blur. Yeah. But you don't see Dion coming to the line of scrimmage against Jerry Rice and manning up anymore. There just aren't just many teams that have that yeah. in today's NFL. I also think that 
when the league was was trending towards you know some of the smaller slot receivers and mm-hmm. and guys like that, there was so much motion too. It, it was so, yeah. so much harder to right. um, that you just you just drop into a zone. You don't need the, the mm-hmm. ball. Defenses just, fear the big play. Right, right. Man coverage lends itself to allowing. And big that players. was a problem last year for this team. Big team, big time, yeah. big time. They Early tackled this, well, you know, but they allowed a lot of first big half plays. of the season. They allowed a lot of big plays. So mm-hmm. the way to take that away a little bit is to play more zone behind it. It's true. I mean, that's why the league is doing what they're doing. You know, and guys like Mahomes and Burrow really had to adjust to. All right, we'll just death by a thousand paper cut you. You know, yeah. I mean, the older guys, the Brady's and Mannings, will do that all day. They're patient, you know. But the young pups want to. Ah, that's boring. I got to start getting revved up and right. want to drive it down, down your. Down well, and that's your and that's if you have a a premium pass rush. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. have at it. We know we're going to get a holding penalty. We're going to get a sack, or yeah. something's going to happen here that's going to that's going to put you behind the chains. And and you know, taking a, a ten or twelve play drive isn't going to work. So, I'm sure our listeners are sick of me bringing this up because I can't stress it enough, and I bring it up all the time. D linemen are so much better than O linemen in the league right now. But receivers are so much better than cover men, too. Yeah. That's the next biggest discrepancy. So why am I going to man up on, from a basketball perspective, yeah. you know, like I'm not going to try to cover Jordan one-on-one. Yeah. I might as well put a You do a the, We do what the Pistons did. You have the Jordan yeah, rules. Every exactly. time he drives at a basket, everybody, everybody goes on him, and he just fouled the crap out of him. <laughs> and that might allow me one-eighth of a second longer – for my D line to beat the crap out of the O line that I have an right. advantage on, you know, so they, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I just think that I, I think people that are looking for the Steelers or Patrick Peterson again, he said it in his initial press conference. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy who's going to go out there and run with a receiver for 50 plays anymore. Mm-hmm. I and, and I also think you know the way that you create turnovers in the secondaries have eyes on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I well, think, the other thing too is there's so many running quarterbacks. Right. They, well, and that's the thing. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. We should have said to open the segment with that because all these quarterbacks can run. If I'm turning my back to them, they're going to destroy you. Think you back know, right? to the game a couple of years ago in L.A. against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And Justin Herbert, oh, right. just as soon as he saw the cornerback's back turn, he was taken off. He had, he had 100, I think 100 rushing yards or right around the 100 rushing yards in that game. And that's not who he is. And I don't even know if he got hit. <laughs> You know, yeah. they were just big, long, six-foot-six strides, yeah. slide, get up, first I down. got 40 yards before anybody even mm-hmm. realized it because, you know, you're so afraid of getting beaten over the top that mm-hmm. you just get your back turned. And the other thing, too, that goes back to the D-line advantage, a lot more, not a lot more, but a, a fair amount more turnovers now come off tip balls, right? things like that, long, you know, linebackers, like we were saying, just getting a fingertip on it, you know, make them – not take a penalty, like you said, not take a hold, not take an illegal man downfield, and have 12, 13-play drives. You know? Yeah. The Steelers and Chiefs led the league in long, long double-digit uh, play drives. It's a hard way to live. I mean, it it's really It's a hard is, way for the Steelers yeah. to live. It's a hard way even for home, Mahomes to live. You know? Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, you know, again, I think you play in your division, quarterbacks, Burrow takes sacks. He takes sacks. And Watson, Watson takes really sacks. Bad. Yeah. Lamar wants to get out of the pocket and run. Mm-hmm. So if I'm playing zone behind, if I'm playing, you know, good coverage behind that, my four-man rush is going to get there. Yeah. And the Steelers have a, I mean, they have defended Lamar Jackson better than anybody. Extremely well. Extremely um, well. You know, so I, I think, you know, you're built. That in, is interesting that Burrow and Watson's, two of their biggest faults are taking sacks. And it's on, it doesn't matter what O line they put right, in front right. of them. You know, that's just who they are. They hold the ball a little longer. In Burrow's case, I think it's just because he doesn't mind getting hit in the teeth. 
Watson's a little slower to recognize and trust his legs a little bit more. You know, yeah, so I, I think, you know, in, in that regard, it also plays into what you want to do against those two, you know, those opponents. Mm-hmm. Hold the ball. Hold the ball. For, you know, I want to force Lamar to hold the football and try to. I want Purdy to hold the football. Yeah, I right. Mean, even his numbers when pressured are so much worse. Yeah, Again, every, Tom, most people's yeah. are, but his are drastic. Tom worse. Brady's retired. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the guy the, the 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 guy who was the reason why you started playing more man defense, he's not there anymore. And newsflash, Tom Brady had success against zone, too, in his career. Amazingly <laughs> enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah amazingly right. enough. Yeah, I always used to love that. Like, boy, Gronkowski kills the Steelers. Do you know who else he kills? The Bears, <laughs> Browns, Chiefs, Ravens. Jets. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Pick a team, the Bills. Like, Boy, the Browns, Steelers can't stop Tom Brady. Nobody stopped them in yeah. 30 years. You're right. You're that like, boy, you know, they play the, the Chiefs and, and Kelsey has a big game. Boy, Steelers yeah. can't defend the tight end. Well, yeah, they can, but nobody Not defends that Kelsey. Not that yeah. one, right. These guys are the, the outliers. And then the next week, Kelsey has even 20 more yards. And, uh, you know, it does every week. I mean, some yeah. of those guys, I mean, and that's McCaffrey, folks. McCaffrey's going to get his on Sunday. Well, I think that's especially true in this game against a team that's so good run after the catch. They get, like, what you, they live on. You want to play zone against these guys because you don't want guys running down the field their backs turn. And here comes McCaffrey out of the backfield mm-hmm. on a wheel route, right. and he's got 40 yards before anybody turns around. I, I mean, a, a rule of receivers are when I catch the ball, if I know it's zone, sit down, look around, go. Yeah. If it's man, just keep trucking. Well, there's no Jack Tatums and Donnie Shells out there anymore, but you learn pretty quick not to run through zones. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get to another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Matt, when we come back, it is time for the Fantasy Football Ooh, Focus. Right along here. Our first day with actual practice news. Mm, I haven't seen any of it We yet, get to so roll around the league here and find I out did see a couple injuries. who is in, who is out, all that good stuff. We'll nice. do that when we return right after this. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 